last one to kick in. It's always that last one that gives me issues. All right, we should be good to go. Hello and welcome just a family. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about children's emotional health and children intuition because children's intuition is a huge thing that not enough people talk about. Today's episode is sponsored by the Butterfly Lotus Company. They have a download for you in the description of a spirit routine for gifted children who are mediums and having issues with spirits. So that is what you can find the link in the description. Our guest host today is none other than the female healer, Dawn Walker. Dawn, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Melissa. Hi, everyone. I am known internationally as the female healer, Dawn Walker, and I specialize in intuition building. I created a blueprint out of all of my hard knocks in life um, due to the lack of emotional intelligence and intuitive programming in our public school system and in our private school system here in the Western culture. I live in the United States. So I took all of that information that I learned in seeking to understand my intuition, uh, emotions and abilities and created Intuition Builders Masterclass and Lifetime Mentorship. And I created the mentorship because I don't understand why would we have a masterclass with a lot of information if we don't have mentorship with the teacher walking alongside you week after week, month after month, year after year, as you fully develop into your intuitive gifts to answer questions uh, and challenge you to grow into your highest vibrational intuitive self. So that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. And um, we want to talk today about our children and how important it is that we help them grow into their intuition and we grow into our intuition, understand intuition and emotions so that we can help be the leaders in forming a solid energetic foundation in our children where they can discern their energy and discern the energy of others to understand who they are and what that still small voice from inside them is that's leading them through navigating decisions, running from things that might hurt them, that instinct that tells them, no, don't go across that street, what that is so that they understand how it can lead them and how to trust that intuitive spark inside them. Absolutely. And you think about adults, right? We're, we're you know, most of the people who are going to watch this video and, and this episode are adults. And I know from my own experience, because I'm an intuitive, uh, or not an intuitive, I am a um, spiritual teacher and an identity coach. So those both go hand in hand with, with a lot of things that I teach. And as adults, I don't know how many adults I've come across in the last, you know, 10 years who have struggled with their gifts, struggled with their intuition, with their identity, with their sense of self, with their own energies, being empaths, mediums, healers, psychics, all of these things. And what we don't understand or realize a lot of the times is that children are naturally gifted, 
right? We as adults, when we were children, we were naturally gifted and we were naturally in tune with those gifts. We didn't understand them. We didn't know how to utilize them, but we were naturally in tune with them. And as we get older, we lose that, <clears throat> we lose that, that, that ability to be in touch with that because we're told it's coincidence. We're told that it's imagination or, you know, that it's, it's, us just making things up as we go along when a lot of our gifts are you know intuition and our imagination and and going through that that's part of our energy that's part of our signature and children definitely struggle with that could you imagine as adults if we had been taught how to utilize those gifts as children and what would we what would what would we be able to accomplish now if we had known that then that's right. That's that's exactly it. And and you know, you're you're hitting the nail on the head about the foundation. So it's not anyone's fault. And let's look back, let's do a review in history. And if you really look at history um, as creatures, we evolve, as God and as consciousness, we evolve and we grow smarter. Even with um, diseases, diseases they found evolve and grow smarter and all of the drugs that they doctors come up with to combat a disease after time it no longer works and they have to come up with a smarter more powerful drug because the disease gets smarter and it grows in its strength and wisdom all things grow in their strength and wisdom so traditionally if we look at our parents our grandparents our great-grandparents they all came from the depression. Our countries, our civilizations were, came from a mindset that was here, okay? But yeah. now intuitively, we've grown back into the roots of strong intuition. And the only beings that didn't get diluted and have always moved in their intuition were the are the indigenous tribes. And the indigenous, even with the natives that used to rule the land, but then we started relying on outside sources, looking for people that were experts and specialists in different fields and believing in them to lead us instead of tuning in. We're all psychic in nature. That's our first gift. We are an indigenous being and intuition is in all beings. If you look at birds that flock, they have that anomaly when they flock together, none of them hit one another. They move and listen to each other intuitively and telepathically, and they flow together. You see that with swells of fish. The fish can swell together, and if there's something that's attacking them, they all shoot off in different directions, yet they don't hit one another because they're tuned in to their intuition and completely focused. And for us, we were raised that, you know, intuition and and psychic abilities, telepathy, not to talk about it. You'll go and get thrown in the nut house. People are, 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 they, you know, it was a block for us. We were scared to utilize it. There were people that put it in, in religions not to utilize that. And part of that was strategic. They didn't want humans um, growing in their gifts and power. They wanted to keep those gifts a secret. So it's a well-known secret. And if you really look 
at the people that are most successful on the planet, those people were loners and those people fully developed and, and were nurtured and developed their intuitive gift, their connection with the universe and with God. They were following God's lead. They weren't so they marched to the beat of their own drum. They weren't trying to compare and be accepted into pockets of people. And that's where we've lost our way, but now we're figuring it out and we're actually realizing, okay, wait a minute. This is our gift and our children are so gifted with this. And so are we. So let's us as parents and adults acknowledge it and start tapping into it and think about it. Everybody that's listening, haven't you had that experience where your intuition told you something and you were too busy going on your own program to listen And then whatever happened that your intuition told you was going to happen. And then you regretted it and thought, man, I knew better. I just had that experience. Right. And we right. And I'm I'm a spiritual teacher. Sure. And I just, I I still, yeah, I still get so busy on my agenda that I miss it. And it's always talking to you on big things, big decisions and small decisions so we can all relate to that or for like ESP we'll think about somebody that we haven't spoke to and all of a sudden our phone will ring and it's them we're all connected we're telepathic there's no such thing as hiding your thoughts and having secret thoughts that nobody can hear because actually all of us are connected And everything that we think vibrates into the next person. I can sit here and have a conversation with Melissa. I've been telling her since we got on how much I love her. You know, just how how wonderful she is in light. And we can feel that energy exchange. It's there with us. We're communicating 24-7 with one another. And it's really about tuning in to our children. And, And you said the key word, we're all empaths. What's that mean? Empaths, we feel one another, just like the anomaly of birds that flock together. They feel each other's intentions and they honor one another so that they never hit one another. Unconditional love they give. You got it. I love that. There are things that we believe differently and I love highlighting those. So I'm going to highlight those really quickly. So in my, so you and I are both healers, right? Guaranteed you and I are both healers. So one of the things that I do in in my spiritual teaching practice is I I like to start with people who are new, right? And new and and don't know what to think, what to believe, where to go. Um, So I'm all about, you know, teaching people about the gifts and abilities. So I have different thought processes on the gifts and abilities. We all are intuitive. A hundred percent. I do not, I do not disagree with that when we are all intuitive. That is our sixth sense, our you know, that thought process, our gut feelings, the, the instincts, that's all intuition, right? And for whether you're spiritual or not spiritual, we all have that intuition. Whatever you call it, we all have that. <clears throat> now, I don't agree that everybody is an empath because there are people who don't pick up those signals um, or who are blocked from those signals. And that causes a lot of strife and, and stuff like that. So um, I definitely don't believe we are all gifted. I think majority of us are, and, and a lot of the time we are just closed off from those gifts, um, whether that be circumstance and talking about being closed off from our gifts and what's happened over society in the last, you know, thousand years or more, you think about the Egyptian culture, you think about ancient civilizations, 
they, you know, they weren't, it wasn't the religious leaders that were at the top of the totem, totem pole. It was, you know, the pharaohs and, and people in high profile positions, right? Like kings and queens, they would have psychics. They would have magicians and witches and wizards in their, in their, you know, inner circle and they would protect them because they valued their input, right? You think about Christmas, uh, not Christmas, but Yule, you think about um, spring, you know, Astara, you think about all the witches traditions, um, those all began with paganism, right? There were spiritual practices in place and they were worshiped, they were acknowledged, they were, you know, revered and, and supported and everybody went to their local healer. Everybody went to their local psychic to get that information and to feel connected. And they built communities around it. And then all of a sudden, and I'm and I'm I'm not against religion, so don't think that I'm saying this, but religion came along and twisted it. Uh, not all religions, but some religions came along and twisted it. Instead of being able to celebrate your gifts, you were then persecuted, right? The Salem witch trials. You have all of these things that said, you know, TV shows, movies that all portray psychics, intuitives, mediums, healers, all as negative. And then it became this fear. And I think that's, yeah. that's what um, we're trying to grow out of now. Yeah. Right. And it's truly the leaders' perspectives of the writings and the religions that got skewed. It's not actually the writings, the scriptures, the doctrines, the scrolls um, that are in there. It's the perception of it that has been preached out and given to others and the others absorb that perception and it's been expounded upon. Because if you actually pick apart the perception and of the scriptures and the scrolls, whether you're reading uh, and, and following Ekankar or you're following the Holy Bible or you're following the Bhagavad Gita um, or, you know, really digging into what all of these pillars taught, all of them taught unconditional love. And actually, even in the writings, they talk about being healers and seeing um, they, some of the scriptures are taken out of context and that's the issue that we see at hand. And even witches, um, witches were the healers. They were the nurses and the doctors. The reason that there's a negative connotation around witches and they're saying it was witchcraft is because somebody of authority and of power that had a lot of money that was ruling a community and uh, was in a government position had a sick child and other children started making fun and getting sick and they needed to blame somebody. And it actually ended up being their piping in their water that they was making everybody sick and they didn't know where to place blame. And, and as humans, we want to place blame somewhere. And then they started burning the witches and saying it was the witches intentions that they didn't have pure intention and pure heart. And that's where it started getting skewed. Um, but truly, intuition is God. It's all knowing. It's all source. It's our direct connection. Intuition is um, highly knit. And, and 
that too can get confusing with communication. You've got pillars and our colleagues all over the world that we work with uh, and coincide with Melissa that have written books and said, well, intuition only comes through, you know, the sacral chakra or this and that. And, and everyone's confused with that. Intuition is they've shown the heart and it's its own brain and all of the capillaries. It looks like an upside down brain. And the heart is where we engage unconditional love. And they've actually shown it move energy out. They've hooked healers up and watched the energy project out of their body. Well, that's where we communicate unconditional love, which is pure source. Intuition is pure source. So it really starts there, but we feel it through our whole body. And truthfully, you were saying it without saying it, that we're all empathic, but some people just have blocks. They've never been taught how to listen to their own energy and do exercises to interpret their energy and others' energy. But that's why, that's why I build intuition builders, because not only do we how to decipher our own energy and identify our own energy and cultivate a, and build up unconditional love of self first, not selfish love, this is joy and appreciation and gratitude for the being that you are and the gifts that you have that you get to share with the world. Stopping the comparison and the noise and really tuning into who am I? Because as children, we are always looking outside ourselves and most of us are so lonely and alone. It's weird being a child in this avatar and body. Some of us have bodies that are, are big and, and we, we feel, you know, not comfortable in them. We feel sloppy or we're skinny and kids make fun of each other. And so we start getting real self-conscious and start getting in worry and fear instead of staying free in joy and discovering, looking at ourselves and saying, man, I look really funny and awkward in this avatar. And this, and so, and it's so uncomfortable for us. We're so sensitive that we get so lost in so much of the inside noise. And it's really about tuning the children in and the humans into their own personal energy first, and establishing a firm foundation of that. And that's where they start. Then you can start playing and doing exercises with others and their energy, reading their energy and realizing, oh, wow, I already knew that about you. Your energy was speaking to me the whole time. And then they realize I am empathic. I can hear. Or they slow themselves down from the me, me, me and start becoming aware and mindful of others so that we can really start walking in a peace walk as a collective. Yep. So... As parents, one of the things that I would suggest is giving your children, one, the freedom to express who they are, who they feel they are, who they believe that they are in a healthy, loving way, right? Um, we're so quick to say that doesn't go together or that doesn't look good on you or we don't need to, have to share those opinions, right? It's like the Grammys, the Oscars, the Met Gala, oh, the best dressed and the worst, like who cares, right? Like who cares? They all felt good in what they were wearing. What does your opinion matter? right? But teaching children that, and society is horrible for that. You've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of these apps that are showing 
perfect bodies, perfect makeup, perfect outline, perfect background, like all of it. And it's, that's not realistic, right? It's not realistic. And teaching your kids that it's okay to have a messy hair day. It's okay to, you know, fluctuate in your weight. It's okay to have mixed match clothing. You know, two of my children refuse to wear the same socks on different feet. I love that. How free. Exactly. How free. As kids, you know, even for us as adults, and the the biggest thing to remember as an adult trying to teach a child how to be their own individual self is remember all the work you're going through to reconnect to that. (laughs) Like all the work that you're doing to reconnect to who you truly are, save them the trouble. (laughs) right right. teach them that it's okay to be different it's okay to have gifts it's okay to be gifted it's okay to you know um wear whatever you want as long as it's you know appropriate obviously we don't need to be flaunting everything right um but comfort comfort you know comfort over fashion you know if you want to be fashionable be fashionable if you think that flip-flops and you know a ball gown are fashionable then wear it like who cares Um, Yeah, that's, that's so huge that you're saying that about the freedom and, and, and directing them because you know, that's how children learn to lie is when you stop them from being free and and you say no, and they get in trouble for just naturally doing something. And parents are so reactive. And so again, you're just hitting it spot on about how to cultivate a free environment for the children to discover themselves. And what we need to do is understand how to corrective, how to correctly parent them and guide them because we actually have invisible centers uh, known as chakras growing in our body. These are our spiritual communication centers and these are what connect to all beings. It's not the physical body that connects to all beings. It's the etheric body. Uh, it's it's uh, not often seen by the human eye, but it's very fuzzy and, and you can feel it. You can actually zone in your energy now and just slow your energy now and feel the vibration of your energy. That's all of your major and minor chakras spinning. And what happens is when you're toned in, you can just start feeling that vibe. And I want all of you that are participating to just slow yourself down for a minute. Just follow me along and just slow into here and now. Take a deep breath in, if you will. And release. Release all of your thoughts, your cares, your concerns, your goings on. Take another deep breath in. Let it all go out to the universe, all your cares. And release. Let's keep going. This is really quick. Allow yourself to release all of your thoughts and become one right now with Melissa and myself. Just tune in. I want you to feel your energy body. Take another deep breath in. Release. And now I want you to say inside your heart, I love you. And tell your body, I love you. And I'm so grateful for you serving me. Thank you for serving me and housing my energy. Just feel that vibration. 
Beautiful. See how it got so quiet? You can just feel that vibe. That's our children's vibe. But what happens is, as it grows, as they age, it's their lower root chakra. And for them to feel very secure, adults that feel insecure in this earth were moved around and there was really a chaotic environment. They were told that they uh, not to do this, to do this. No, that's not right. Like you said, overload uh, with, with judgment. And their parents didn't just gently direct them away from something. They would just react and say, no, stop. And the kids get scared. They don't have a chance to be free to express themselves and root. And they really need that freedom and expression up until the age of 12 and 15 so that they can cultivate emotional intelligence. And so when you say give them freedom to express, and if they get a little too risky, say, well, let's try this option. Just put more options in front of them and gently remove the other options or add options and teach them why. And there's so many conscious collective homeschooling pods opening up to awakened parents now that are teaching their children exactly what you're speaking about so that they learn how to communicate and not lie, how to tell their truth, and then it become a discussion. Not only that, um, so as an identity coach, my, like I, I, what I have, what's, what's called the seven mindset pillars. And it's as we're children and as we grow, we create beliefs in these seven pillars, right? And as we get older, we create our entire reality based on what's in those pillars, right? What we believe about ourselves, what we believe about our relationships, what our life should look like, our finances, all of this, right? As children, that's when we create these beliefs. So I've known children who haven't been controlled their entire life, don't feel Um, don't feel confident, don't feel in control of themselves, of their choices, nothing. With my children, you know, I can be a dictator at times. Absolutely. Right. It's, (laughs) I'm a parent. I do make mistakes. Um, But there, for the most part, I ask my children, do you want to do that? Is that something that you want to do? I remember my own experience growing up. My mom would always tell me, you can't be friends with that person. That person's not good for you. Don't be friends with them. And I would have my choices made for me. And of course, me being me, I would be like, no, I want to be their friend. And so I would be their friend in in secret. If our lives are made up of experiences, we're here to experience. We can't become ascended masters. We can't become guardians if we don't experience in the physical world, right? All of those negative experiences are, are teaching moments for us to know how to handle them, how to go through them, how to process them, all of that. So we need to let our kids experience, right? If they're gonna be friends and you're like, "Mm, I don't really like that kid, I, you know, because you're tapping into your intuition, you know, that's not the greatest kid for you. You know, maybe that kid has a lesson for your child that they need to learn, right? They're supposed to learn how to cope with things, how to cope with, you know, friendships going wrong or their friends, you know, for lack of a better word, stabbing them in the back. Like there, there's so many experiences our kids need to have. And when we don't give them the options to make those choices, they don't connect to themselves. Right. And that's teaching them how to make choices, how to make informed decisions, how to make decisions that are not based on their emotional health, but their logical health. 
right? Is that good for me? What are the consequences? What are the possible options if I do this? Is this something I really want? Feel into your intuition. Is it something that I really want? Do I have to have it? And is it my, is it my goal right now? Right? Teach them goal setting. Teach And all of that comes down to one, their emotional health, two, their intuition, and three, their identity of who they are, their sense of self. Without yeah. that, they won't function. No. And also, we have to teach them about the universal laws. Um, I go in very much in depth in that, uh, in the mentorship portion of intuition builders, because we have to understand how energy operates so that they can make informed decisions, especially now that we have so much impressing and building our subconscious and programming our subconscious while we're asleep, while we're walking past fear-based programming, we're visiting people and they've got something negative in the background. Or if, if the child is more prone to fear-based reality, uh, we can't be inside the child's mind. And some of our children are very sensitive, very timid and scared and shy. And so for them, they fear the entire world around them. Well, with that going on at a very young age, what happens is they manifest in reality what they fear. They have to understand. And so experiences will come in because they're focusing their energy and thoughts on what they fear and worry about. And before we know it, we see our children experiencing things that are traumatic and drawing that within and into themselves. So they really need to understand quickly at high level how energy moves and operates and how their thoughts move and operate so they can start choosing their thoughts. And if they're identifying, if they have a parent that's in depression, children are empty sponges and are thirsty and they absorb everything around them. So if you are in depression or you're angry a lot, guess what? Your child is filled with your consciousness elemental, with your depression and your anger. And, and most of you will see your child throwing fits and being depressed. They've taken your energy and your emotions that you're emitting on. So it's really important that we keep ourselves centered and whole so that our children are experiencing unconditional love emotions in the home so that they have a firm foundation to grow in and a safety net to grow in. It's more than paying the bills and providing food and shelter. We have to be whole as parents and really understand ourselves as what we are as energetic beings so that we can be that firm foundation for our children and allow them to freely express and cultivate who they are. And so that we can intuitively recognize if they're coming home from being at school or around friends and they're filled with the friends emotions and they're mirroring that behavior from others because they unknowingly absorb and mirror others behaviors. And they can't identify and move out of that until they get uh, older into a conscious stage of evolution where you can have 
heavier conversations about that. And each child's at a different level developing. So it's really, each one is different. One of the things that I wanted to elaborate on on there too is as parents, we, yes, we need to know who we are, um, but we're still here to experience, right? We're going to still have those up and down moments. And when we're having those up and down moments where we're being emotional, where we're upset, because life happens, right? There are going to be days where you just need a break. There are going to be days where you're sad, where you're crying, you know, where you're experiencing grief. I know a lot of parents who hide that from their children. And if I'm having a hard day, my children know I'm having a hard day because I vocalize it. I say, you know what? I'm having a hard day. I feel like crying today. I'll be okay because they need to know how to process those emotions. And if we as parents aren't showing them that it's okay to be unhappy, it's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel, you know, sad or angry. You know, my oldest, my daughters, you know, they get mad at me because of course I say no and they come up and they're, they're, they're mad at me. You can see it on their face. And I, I turn around and I said, you can be as mad at me as you want right now. Absolutely. You have every right to feel what you're feeling and you can be mad at me. And I will accept that. I said, the difference is I will not accept if you take that anger out on me. There is a difference between feeling what you're feeling and taking those emotions out on other people. And that's about, excuse me, that's a boundary we as parents should be teaching our children. If I'm in a bad mood and I'm angry, if something's triggered my emotional reaction, I can call my daughter in here right now. (laughs) She's in the other room and you ask any one of my children and I say, what do you, what happens when mom's mad? And they say, leave her alone. She needs to relax and calm down and then she'll talk to us. And that is exactly it. I am in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my reactions, my my responses, my ability to have that conversation. When I'm angry, I'm volatile and I'm vindictive. When I am that angry and I'm reacting out of that anger, my goal isn't that I love you. My goal is that I'm going to hurt you as badly as I feel. That's my, that's my intention. So I avoid that. I say, okay, I'm at that point. If I talk to you right now, I'm going to say or do something that's going to hurt you. And I don't want that because I love you. I am going to walk away, take a time out, and I will be back to talk to you when I'm calm. And I've now taught them to do that. Right. I've taught them that it's okay to feel whatever they're feeling, but they need to control it. That's beautiful. And, and anger is huge. It, I, okay. Anger either creates a revolution of peace or anger completely creates the opposite and creates chaos. We can see that already in the world, how anger builds the fire of anger, but anger is a tool and that emotion is a tool and, and to use it appropriately is to recognize that, Hey, I'm getting angry. And now what am I going to do with it? What is, where did that anger come from? What was the action that sparked it? or the event that I witnessed that sparked it. And is it something that I can change within myself, my people, my society to shift that and everybody grow at a conscious level? Or is it a hurt person hurting me that's filled with anger that really needs a hug and I'm about to spew it out and give it back to them because it's painful and it's fiery when I experienced it with them. Our first reaction is to just give it right back. But when you grow, like 
your growth, you said, wait, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take time so I can alchemize that, digest it, and come back. And that's, and, and that is, and as parents, we need to understand that our children's behaviors are their behaviors. It's their behaviors. If we are triggered by what they're doing, what they're learning, what they're saying, how they're acting, it's because it's our expectation, right? Right. It is not our children. Oh, what's that word again? Pardon me? What's that word again? Expectation. Yeah. Yeah. It, the root. The root of expectations now there are healthy expectations absolutely but holding those expectations against another person to make yourself feel better or feel worse or whatever it is that's created by that that's just that's destructive right um if i want something done right if i say okay um every day i want this done by this time if they're not done by that time that's my expectation. Yes, do they need to learn routine? Absolutely. But I don't need to fly off the handle and get raging angry because they're not following through with my expectation. I need to have a discussion with them and say, hey, you know what? We do need to learn routine. If I tell you that I'm going to do something by a certain time, I need to follow through with that. And that's one of those golden rules, right? Your word, keep your word, right? It's like treating other people the way you want to be treated, right? If you don't want to be disrespected, don't disrespect them. Yeah, it shows you're reliable. They can count on you. It shows accountability. It shows team building together. Everybody with healthy roles. You have expectations to fill a job role that you get hired for. You have expectations to build a family dynamic. Uh, to keep open communication. Everybody discusses that and agrees to their role. If they have an issue with that, once they start getting into it, and then there, another discussion comes so that they keep those healthy expectations alive and active. But then we have judgment expectations. These are unset expectations that you're speaking of that we attach to everybody. And especially we get really lazy uh, and used to creating expectations 